Welcome and namaste for listening to this Nepali life. So, some years ago I bought this Nike bag, okay? And I remember when I bought it. I felt like uh, I was then a part of a tribe, the Nike tribe. And I started following a bunch of Instagram pages like Nike official, Nikeism, there are many. So, this this whole thing, you know, is a moment. You know, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. This whole thing is a moment. And in 20, in 2020 I went to a local band gig and there was some local band okay and i remember when i entered the small hall the first thing i noticed is that the 80% of the people there there also had the same nike bag strangely what i felt inside was a feeling of you know like a deep connection with those people simply based on the fact that we had the same overrated logo on on our backpack so okay that was my pretty little story and i'm pretty sure you can relate to in one way or another you know whether you have a skull ring or a deathly hollow necklace from harry potter or a vans item you know like shoes or anything it's pretty much the same thing now my question is how do we reach a point where products generate the same sense of belonging or or connection is what religion or 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 a patriotism you know so Of course the easy answer would be capitalism but we don't settle for easy answers on this podcast do we all right so let's go huh. many weeks ago i shared a picture on my tumblr page i do have a small tumblr page huh. and it's an ad there was it's an ad from the apple from like uh, 90s 1990s or it's i think it's 1996 okay anyway and it shows it shows on the one hand a window user and on the other hand on the one hand the uh, windows and on the other hand an apple user okay so very different lifestyle one is arguably uh, more cooler than the other maybe and you know that picture really encapsulates the uh, like buy a product buy a lifestyle phenomenon you know and and that we're going to discuss that is the main thing we are going to discuss today it's insane when you think about it like the product isn't even shown on the picture like the product is not shown they are two same guy with different like overall and different like windows and apple and one is like a little bit traditional boring one is cooler with the denim jackets and on and all like that and the product isn't even shown in the ad and you're literally buying a lifestyle that little ad made me think of another type of illustration we find on a lot of social media the aesthetic starter pack memes you know the dark academia starter pack that that girl starter pack or that guy starter pack the eek boy the e girl or the tech bros you know there are so many options and what is interesting at least for me is the incentive to tick all those boxes we you know and those starter pack things uh, kind of generate the same appeal as personality quizzes it's like someone understands you without even knowing you and and in turns you want to validate what personality quiz tells you 
and in the case of aesthetics that desire to validate uh, translate into buying products clothes following influencers that align with their lifestyle and that is what psychoanalyst lacan referred to as an ideal eye okay so back in the old days role models or trend setters were celebrities actresses actors singers bands it was rather limited and quite stable throughout time at least for a few years or even a de- decade so we talk about the 60s aesthetics or 7 or 90s aesthetics mostly 90s and 80s all right so the y2k aesthetic there there are many aesthetics but how things are very different now with the rise of influencers aesthetics come and go all the time resulting in people switching from one aesthetic to another or reinventing themselves in a matter of few days drawing from lacan's finding jona paretti the founder of buzzfeed who yes you know used to write anti capitalist essays and all interesting turn of event isn't it <laughs> and argues that he argues that the increasingly rapid rate the advertisement uh, industry heavily relies on what paretti calls the weak ego formation so in order to make profit so they encourage consumption or even hyper consumption by facilitating the identification process by partnering with influencers celebrities that you trust or by specific language centered around you and they and that location target also you know how the facebook ads and all works so how special and cool you are or more specifically your ideal i is that is your ideal i or in my previous um, podcast i have talked about the habitus it's the same thing so let's look at an- another example another example would be um about a self help books so you go to any large bookshops and you look at the self help section it seems that there are almost two kinds of books on offer the first kind the sort of anthony robbins kind you know like how to become a billionaire on friday and the, all that and on the other hand of books uh, tells you how to cope with the low self esteem <laughs> and and i think the two genres are actually intimately related you know it's it's by the time it's by the time saturday and you haven't become a billionaire but what you'll be reaching out you'll be reaching out for something that will help you to feel better about yourself and you'll pick up that exactly exactly i like what you're thinking exactly self help book so what i find here interesting is uh, like here is the recognition that our economic system pushes us to believe that our worth is determined by our ability to work to produce or to be efficient and quick it seems that it is uh, in the search of our true self our true personality we always fall prey to evil capitalism or uh, and overconsumption yet we've seen it multiple times when something goes a bit too far people will usually react in the form of counter movement okay so well overconsumption and weak ego formation lead to the rise of its all it's all its own well known counter movement can you guess that <laughs> minimalism so i discovered minimalism with uh, mad devilas video you know he's one of the minimalist guy in the youtube community anyway Uh, and, and he had a documentary co-directed as well that is available on the Netflix 
and I tried to be a minimalist for a little bit and failed but it's not something that I'm ashamed of and I'll explain why in a little bit okay anyway so minimalism is a lifestyle which encourages people to focus on the thing that solves a purpose and get rid of anything else there are different levels of minimalism from casual minimalist to hardcore minimalistic this lifestyle movement is sustainable it is financially attractive and many people say that it's even therapeutic and it helps you to focus on the things that mat- matters in your life getting rid of getting rid of all those unnecessary maybe materialistic thing and any other things you know so self help gurus like tim ferris and uh, to politicians like obama or tech bros like zuckerberg embrace minimalism as they seek to avoid what psychologists called decision fatigue so you know the like i have so many clothes yet i can't decide what to wear type of fatigue exactly that type of fatigue if they want to remain the leaders that they are and they cannot afford to lose time thinking about what they're going to dress today i mean that's fair for sure but at the same time it's kind of negates anything that would signal originality or community belonging is um christian leo brilliantly argues in our videos essays titled the cult like operation of fashion industry you can watch that on video anyway fashion under capitalism has progressively led to uh, homogenize homogenize shit homogenization 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 yeah homogenization got that uh, homogenization of cultural specificities into the minimalistic affordable and convenient style and look at this picture you know if you look at the picture of you know like uh, i have a picture i'm seeing like looking at the picture of african woman and eastern eastern woman you, you see the different like so totally like the ornaments all those uh, if you ornaments designed and color they are totally different i mean they are not only a valid form of art but they are also a testimony of one's culture so today on the contrary we more or less all look the same don't you think you know and minimalism appear as an extreme example of such observation by creating incity incentives what is going on with me today by creating inset incentives that progressively erase culture uh you or me or everyone as a individual people and you, you help them assimilate in a new culture you know in our case or in all cases western culture now what minim- what minimal again what minimalism does very well is that it replaces this lack of culture of material history with the appearance of a community the minimalist community with a specific philosophy and lifestyle it is advertised as a way to regain agency and not to be a um, consumer slave but for me minimalism can cannot be the answer to our weak ego formation that we have talked about earlier to our struggle to create a narrative for ourselves because minimalism isn't a lack of aesthetic it's an aesthetic itself and people choose to be minimalist but they also choose to opt option out from it. it anyway in my opinion like in my from my opinion minimalism isn't really about 
reclaiming agency over our lives our weak minds because it complies with and accelerates cultural disintegration instead of challenging it ha in high school i was specialized in marketing so all the marketing jargon marketing jargon and all i started to read a lot of book at the same time and at that time i had interested in subjects of academia you know and one of those subjects were philosophy mm-hmm. and one of those topics of those philosophy was the subject the unified subject the unified subject okay the 16 year old me probably wasn't expecting that i would be making a podcast ep- podcast episode talking about the subject the ego but here we are anyway so in philosophy i learned that descartes popularized the idea of consistent and stable subject think about it as a little impenetrable bubble that your body carries throughout life the body is nothing more than a carrier isn't it so it it's disconnected from the subject so that the subject isn't corrupted by the outside world and life experiences anyway when minimalist argue that they are that they want to back to the essential go back to their deeper self and well it's kind of echoes the subject of unified subject unchanged subject that needs to be preserved but that goes against what we've arguing here doesn't it if the subject remain unchanged then where does the urge to reinvent ourselves to try new aesthetics to try new lifestyle come from well let's look at that way the beginning of the industrial era also triggered huge cultural transformation young people uh, left their work families to find work in emerging industrialized cities what happened to a micro level also spread to a macro level with individuals migrating from one country to another progressively giving away their customs cultures traditions so what we thought constituted the unified subject uh, religion also went from structuring people life to being one aspect of people life to now disappearing from people's life on every single level you know on every single level individual lost what used to give them a sense of stability or unity and so it makes total sense that we find that we want to find that stability and sense of belonging by other means like aesthetics or brands or personality quizzes cults and as a result customs and culture become something that we celebrate every now and then or even worse that they become a product of their own i'm thinking about cultural appropriation as a consequences of the uh, deteriorization yes 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 of communities and cultures deteriorate uh, deteri deteriorization yes i nailed it hairstyles and pieces of clothing have become so detached from their cultural background that it become normal for any for many to see like a white woman wearing traditional asian garments or or a white man wearing dreadlocks the rise of world music in the 1980s or 1990s a topic jonas covered in one of his video he's one of the youtubers anyway okay but here's an example of westerner search okay for originality and authenticity outside the boring repetitive western culture he argued like british french and american record companies started prom- promoting music from other countries many african or asian music to convey a return to simplicity and purity represented by those countries 
And one of those stories, the story of a deep forest, sweet lullaby. It's an, you can, it's a song you can listen to in YouTube, which has been like for many years the soundtrack of a French body wash called Ushua. It's actually very interesting. The lullaby was sung by Afunakwa, a woman living in a Solomon Island near to Papua New Guinea. In the 1970s, the ethnologist Hugo Champ used it, and it was added to the UNESCO collection of musical sources series. But in the 90s, the French New Age band Deforest requested permission to use as the lullaby for their new album, meant to share music of the world and narrow the musical gap between hemispheres. So put it clear. So put it to put it clearly, a lullaby from the Solomon Islands was used by French company to promote a body wash containing an containing an ingredient that was uh, that has been historically used by a woman living in Manchuria interesting isn't it i'm not sure i have to tell you that the original lullaby was completely appropriate and as they refused um, to share the lo- loyalties with the begu people and the song was later used in other ads also so we progressively moving towards one homogenized culture that really struggles to reinvent itself we recycle trends we market individuality whilst fitting conformism we tell ourselves that as we uh, as a society are progressing every iphone or space as project is proof that it must be a right but are we really progressing what i've tried to explain in this episode is that 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 uh, that there are the very limits of capitalism its potential for self destruction and it's not a brand new idea people before me you know have said and many influencing people or many other podcaster have said you know and many philosophers like guattari or deluze have said it. throughout this episode we, what i wanted to say is like the desire to create a narrative for ourselves is extremely volatile that and that attempts to counter that volatility we use an example of minimalism which only serves to further distance us from our goal honestly the scale of this phenomenon is so big that it is very bad and possibly impossible to find the solution to it in fact guattari and deluze even argue that it might be a good thing in a way that the creative potential coming from the constant destruction reconstruction of the self might lead to something completely new and exciting so yeah next time you do your personality test or Uh, see one of your friends embark on a completely new lifestyle lifestyle i hope you will think about me and this little podcast a very big thank you to my listeners on jio savan and gana and spotify and there is and all the platforms thank you so much and uh, yeah i will see you soon with a very exciting episode take care max gut salut